They may sound nuts, but so do the Wright brothers. Now, here's Flieger and Briggs. You know you guys missed us after a much, much needed <laughs> respite. It's Just Sports is back here on the 12 Ounce Sports Network. Check out everything they got going on at 12 Ounce Sports over at 12OunceSportsNetwork.com, at 12OZ Sports on Twitter, and, of course, you can follow the hardest-working boys in radio at Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFantasySports.com for the show archives, and, of course, to be part of the show, it's Just Sports 123 at gmail.com. I needed that break, Rick. I, I needed it. I needed I think it. they needed a break from you, quite frankly. I'm not sure if you really needed the break. But, but uh, big news, terrible, terrible things had happened in the week off. When we, when we left, we left the door to the studio unlocked, and everybody's <laughs> favorite vagabond has yeah. found his way back in. Back from competitive... Interna- international competitive dancing. Yeah, so just dragging the corona all yeah. over the Baltic states it's into Studio B. Our new, our, not new producer, <laughs> but our producer that is back, Alejandro Finkelstein. Thank you, thank you. Belarus says hi. We had assumed you were dead. We really have. Close. Three or four times. <laughs> nice, nice. Specifically in Chopped. But uh, just to let you know, I mean, he, he still has a luxurious beard, but but he's he's sporting the sideshow bob hairdo, which is uh, which is quite unique. That's where, it is. yeah, that's what it is. Sideshow well, Bob, and no we've doubt. Got a picture for the show now. Don't we? <laughs> let me jot that down. But welcome to it's just sports on Twelve Ounce Sports Network. We are Flieger and Briggs, along with our producer Alejandro Finkelstein. And think about this, Rick. Really think about it. Assuming 12 Ounce doesn't throw us off the air or Finkelstein here doesn't kill us in the next seven days, we're going to have actual real sports to talk about on next week's show. Major League Baseball coming back tomorrow. And that's the beauty of it because even if we get thrown off of here – we still have the microphones. Yeah, we'll we'll just, be somewhere. We'll just go out in the porch and yell it. We'd be <laughs> exactly. about the same amount of listeners probably anyhow, so we can do that. But my Nationals, Rick, hosting the Yankees, and Dr. Fauci throwing out the first pitch in front of no one, which seems like a Is he going to have like a rubber glove on? Or well, what? I would certainly think you know, he would have so. to. And then, Good of course, Lord. Dodgers and Giants in the nightcap and the rest of the league in full swing coming Friday. I know you're no fan of baseball. Or right now. But here's kind of where my mind is. We have to, have to, have to root for this to work in order for football to come. If they can pull this off not being in the bubble. Look, the NBA thing makes sense to me, right? The bubble. I don't think anybody's rooting as hard for baseball to succeed than me, quite frankly, because I agree with you. Yeah, I mean. This This is successful. The NBA comes back. The NHL comes back. And they can pull all this stuff off. Um, you know, from the same venues where they'll be playing and so forth, then football should be just good to go. Put put the gas pedal down. Yeah, and the the litmus test is baseball, right? Because in in basketball you have the bubble. The bubble thing seems right. to be working, right? Not not practical for football purposes. You you couldn't do a football bubble, I wouldn't think. There's just too many people involved. Hockey, kind of the same thing. Basically two bubbles, I guess, until you get to the Stanley Cup final. So this is the test for football. Now, I tend to think much to the chagrin of every NFL writer, which I still don't understand why they – 
the sports writers are the ones rooting the hardest against sports ever being played again. I don't get it, but what what do I know? I'm just a dumb podcaster. But if this works with no bubble, traveling city to city, you know, limiting what they're doing, then I think it happens. I you got a shot. Anyway. You know, I really think that. I mean, you could make it like ninety. But like this shortened sixty game season and the expanded playoffs, boy, that would be nice for baseball. Right. Make a ninety game season from here on out and expand the playoffs a little bit. I mean, you can make that work. You don't have to start when it's snowing in Toronto and some of the, some of these other places. You can start a little bit later and you're done in the fall. Has a nice Long season. Right. I don't know. Maybe even 120, something like that. 162 has just gotten way too long because when I was younger, they started like. When I was your age. Seriously, they started like about the third week of April. Well, yeah. They don't do that anymore. And and it it lasts. They play double headers. Yeah, there's no double headers like on weekends in the summertime. I mean, that was a big thing for people to go to a double header and so forth. They don't do that any longer. Even if they played to 162 and condensed it a little bit, that would be okay. But they just keep stretching things out so long. I think that would be the thing. Look, in theory, I agree with you. The the 162 games, I this will be interesting. 60 feels like it's too short because I've seen people, guys who you know, make all-star games go on 60-game slumps. So whether it's 90, 100, 120, here's why I don't think it would work and actually, stupidly, why I kind of not – I'm not necessarily in favor of that is baseball is the one sport where the numbers really matter going back historically. And they almost – it's the only thing you can measure – 75 years ago to today, closer than, than football and basketball. Things have changed so much. Golf, certainly. The numbers matter so much in baseball. You almost have to close the book. If you do this, you have to close the book on baseball history, and this is its new own entity because right. the numbers yeah. don't line up. They're essentially meaningless. It's kind of like passing numbers in the NFL. Now, they're just meaningless. Right. Kirk Cousins is going to break the all-time passing record, and then – you know, <laughs> Justin Herbert will, and then Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be every four years this is going to happen now. You can throw all that out. Baseball, the numbers are still meaningful, right? Nobody's catching Ty Cobb. Nobody's catching these things. I guess the home run numbers got skewed a little bit, but they wrapped that up. But nobody recognizes it. Yeah, I mean, well, you talk about skewed numbers. Nobody's going to catch uh, a lot of these 300-win pitchers and so forth either i mean obviously nobody's gonna catch Cy young he's won like nine thousand games but right. i mean you know even the modern era they just don't have the decisions that they used to no, i so think the new number's 250 right yeah, i, I saw right. that I, I think it was on, on pti they they were talking i don't know what it was but they were talking about cc sabathia and he was right around that 250 number and in all these accolades and the length of his career i didn't even well, realize that's how great thing. he was but he was how long is he playing Oh, he was played a long time. Well, I know, but I mean, that's my point. I mean, he's played decades. Right, right. And he's got 250. Exactly. And, it, yeah, it, I mean, it, that shows you how much has changed from, right. say, 50 years ago. Did they, in the 60s, Okay. five man rotations, four man? I should know that, and I don't. Um, If I recall, I mean, I, I think they went four man rotations. 
Um, I should keep hitting that. that yeah, please keep hitting it. Yeah, air. it's great. It's professional, <laughs> and it's not distracting at all. Um, but I think they went four-man rotations. Yeah, so that makes sense. And Well, then they all threw complete games, too. It was just so yeah. different. But before we get started, Oh, we didn't get we didn't two start weeks yet. ago. I mean, really start oh, okay. into the media. Two weeks ago, we were talking a little baseball. Kind of segues into this thing. Oh, all right. And we were talking about the Cleveland Indians. Okay. And I had put forth a story that I thought I'd read or heard or whatever. Oh, you made it up about you Chief Wahoo. I was incorrect. You made it up. <laughs> I was incorrect. Okay. All right. And the reason I know I was incorrect because we were fact checked by a listener. Okay, and if we have somebody listening that close that they fact checked us. Yeah, I guess I got to start looking stuff up and just quit throwing it out there now. This is a lot of <laughs> apparently, pressure. right? This is a lot of pressure. Yeah, I, I maybe this you, guy yeah. could just quit. My listening. shoulders are Couldn't getting hunched that? over from Couldn't the pressure. Do do but, what's his name? but but quite frankly, if this is back like in the asylum days, I know who this listener is. Personally, and this listener would yes, and this listener would. I mean. You know, Dean from Connecticut would have never been Asylumite of the Year, okay? Oh, okay. I mean, because this listener is the top of the line. So when I'm told that we were wrong, I okay. figured I, I better check. Well, lo and behold, I didn't have to check because it was sent to me. Oh. Okay? <laughs> so they're sending proof. Yeah, sending very... proof that I'm an ass, okay? <laughs> Which we didn't really need didn't need. I didn't need a hell of a lot of proof <laughs> We really that. didn't need it. But anyway, I wanted to sec- set the record straight. Okay. The uh, Chief Wahoo logo actually was not created by a guy that owned a bar. It may have been used sometime, but it was not oh, created. Oh, I remember this story. Now. Yes. I couldn't even remember what the hell you were talking well, about. Well, you couldn't remember yesterday, so it doesn't matter. Fair. Um, but it was actually created um, 1932. The Little Indian, quote-unquote. Some historians say what would come to become Chief Wahoo actually began in the Cleveland Plain Dealer, the newspaper, known as the Little Indian. The strips featured a Native American character and was based on the results of the last day's games. That part I did have correct. And so they used that for quite a while, for about 15 years. Then, in 1947... A 17-year-old Walter Goldbach was commissioned by uh, the owner at the time, Bill Veach, to commission uh, to, to design a logo. And lo and behold, Chief Wahoo was born basically out of that, even though he was used previously in a, in a different capacity, you know, a different drawing apparently. And the official origin of the Wahoo logo seems much less problematic. I'm reading this. The accepted story goes that in 1947, half a century after Saka Lexus Indians, I don't know what the hell Saka Lexus is. I assume it's a tribe. It must be. Okay. And um, Bill Veek hired a kid named Walter Goldbach, who designed the caricature. Goldbach, who worked for a local ad agency, defends Wahoo to this day. Well, Bill Goldbach must be pretty old, or Walter, I guess. He explains that it was the last thing in my mind to offend someone, and I'm sure it was. He explained, and uh, he, some alter, alterations were made in 1951 
And the Wahoo image became the version that we see today. And so it was actually a product of, oh, here we go. Oh, <laughs> how did I miss this? Reading's hard. It is. <laughs> but I, 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 the sock Alexis thing. All right. We'll wait. Of course you're going to wait because this is a very important story. We've got to get our facts oh, straight, okay? <laughs> the man <laughs> who said that there are no good Indians except, <laughs> except dead Indians never saw one. Lewis Sock Alexis. Whoever the hell that was. Turn of the century sports writers really wrote like that. I guess this Wait, was. This how did we get there? <laughs> you read this so out of order and out of context. It sounds like you just said something really well, racist. Well, I wanted to out go back. Nowhere. I wanted to go Would back to Sock Alexis. He he died at eighty at eighty eight. Yes. On so this was Indian tribe. This was some guy. Yeah. I mean, you listen to all the. Well, Wouldn't you talk about the Sokoloxis Indians? Well, I mean, that's just reading here. Is that what he said? <laughs> because we came across it. I was trying to, to. I think I have to edit this. I don't think you could say that. Well, not just reading what the guy wrote. No, I, apparently you are. <laughs> You're reading it two words at a time, <laughs> grunting and clicking in between. What are you talking about? I don't think I did. I don't think I did. On January 18th, 1915. A Plain Dealer article Don't titled Looking Backwards <laughs> confirms again. that many years ago there was an Indian named Sock Alexis who was the star player. The team will be named Indians to honor him. This is the first time he said that. <laughs> and he's using this to prove the point that he already said it. Am I wrong? What's happening here? If you would listen so we can get the facts out, for God's sakes... We move on from this story. It's already think, been two I think, weeks. I think it's time to move on. It's, it's from been this two story. weeks. Okay. So whoever this fact checker is, can, can you send it to me and I'll read it in English <laughs> next week if we're still if, if I we, have we it right here. Canceled? So don't worry about that. Oh my I've, god! I've got it right here. I just happened to miss a paragraph. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> a pretty important paragraph. <laughs> but then you can't out of context with the wording that was in that paragraph. Throw it out at the end. You can't say that. I can. You, I just did. You, you kind of came across it to Sean Jackson there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I was reading what this guy oh said, god. and it, it, it was referring to Sock Alexis. I should have said who yeah, Sock Alexis should've. was, but I I forgot. <laughs> Deshaun Jackson was saying what somebody else said too, you know. <laughs> yeah, but see, here's something. Here's something that here's something that Rick and I didn't touch on on the last show. But this is a very good point. Sock Alexis is one thing, but if you're going to make a point, rule number one is don't use Hitler. Okay, <laughs> rule one. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's rule one, two, and three. And rule four is don't say what you said out of context about three minutes ago. Good God. <laughs> what the hell? Because I, I read I still don't know who said that. Did he even attribute the quote? Yes, I believe I did. Don't say it again. We're, we're moving on here. What, what, what else but it is started going with the a world? Cleveland Plain dealer. Right. And not, a, not uh, the bar owner. And it was Walter Goldbach that designed Chief yeah, Wahoo. Yes, we have that. And Tripling then, down. And then somehow Tripling a down. Alexis and that horribly racist thing you said showed up I later. I didn't say anything racist. It was just a quote that well, some yeah, idiot said. Yeah, but you have to attribute the quote. <laughs> All right, we, we've got to move on. <sighs> Real quick. Yes. Louis Francis Sock Alexis, All nicknamed right. the Deerfoot of the Diamond. 
was an American baseball player. Sokolexis played professional baseball in the National League for three seasons, spending his entire career as an outfielder for the Cleveland Spiders. Spider, right. I like that. All right, so he now, did didn't I say did, that awful did, thing. Who said the bad did thing? I have to men- did I happen to mention on October nineteenth, <laughs> the Baltimore News ran a three-chapter opus titled The Song of Sock Alexis. So even in Baltimore, they were revering this guy. Okay, all right. So I mean, he was a hero. But here's how I walked out of that. All right, it started, I thought, Sock Alexis was the name of an Indian tribe. And then you had me convinced he said something really racist, and now I find out he's actually the one we're revering. Well, the one who said it was. Who said the bad thing? General Philip Sheridan. Who's that? How does he fit into this story? Well, that was. That was. (laughs) No. (laughs) That was the. That's. Okay. I can usually follow him. See, this is where I think you misunderstood. misunderstood. What General (laughs) Philip Sheridan said was. The man who said that there are no good... Don't say it again. Whatever, right. except dead one, never saw Lewis Sock Alexis. That was the quote. Th- that sounded but better. What? Yeah. But I That's still... what Philip Sheridan said. Because he was revering Sock Alexis. Okay, so he drew it. The man who said that awful thing right. never saw... Lewis Sock Alexis. Okay. That was the quote by Philip Sheridan, who I forgot to mention. General. I guess he must have been a general back, you know, during the Indian Wars or Civil War or something. Sheridan sounds very familiar. Yeah. Maybe it's like the insurance general. Maybe it's one of no. those. No. It could be. No. You, you're, no. He played with Shaq and Hanging around. out with Shaq. So l- let's move on. for the. This, this I, really, I really wanted to get this straight, though. <laughs> well, yeah, you did a bang-up job of that. I, I so. thought I did. I Good mean, so Lord. I forgot Philip Sheridan. Sorry. It was a pretty important piece. <laughs> and I still don't know how he ties in, but we are moving on. Because he was revering. That's how the Indian came up because of Sock Alexis. He was a right. great player, a right. great guy. Yeah. He was even paying homage to him. Okay. It, yeah. You're, you're going to want to take a look at that one. Oh, all right. Yeah. You you go on. I have something to look at here from the producer's studio. If, you, if you're just going to talk behind my back, you might just say it in the yeah. microphone. Yeah, this is actually accurate. Yeah, this, this is you right now telling the story. <laughs> this, is, this is 100% right. If anybody watches Always Sunny, and this, the Charlie this, Day with the strings no, all I'll up tell you what, if, if you want to send pictures of me, this is me telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we to get both video of you. for that double. <laughs> all right, so moving on from that disaster. <laughs> God, that was the worst retraction in the history of the world. Good Lord. I don't know. I thought I beat Deshaun Jackson's anyway. <laughs> you, you gave him a run for his money, that's for sure. Good, Good thing we don't have anything because we're fitting to get canceled here as the kids say antonio brown rick i'm doing the air quote thing retires on twitter this week and it's it's led to a lot of conversation i didn't expect i i well tell me what what you didn't expect well first of all he's not retired well, of this course is he's a not. you can't fire me i quit scenario <laughs> if if somebody showed up, if the Edmonton, the, that team, you can't even say that anymore, the Saskatchewan, what are they, the Rough Riders, I think, if they show up and offer him a job, he's going to take it. It's, it that tells me 
something in the legal entanglements or something shows because the Seahawks were showing interest, right? And they said there was three or four other teams. And then he comes out as those stories are coming out and says, I retire. That tells me something's up. So he didn't retire. He's been thrown out. He would come back if he could. But two conversations, and I tell you what, I hadn't thought about it. Is he a Hall of Famer? And then more locally, and I did see that you weighed in on this one on the on the Twitter machine, is him versus Hines Ward. So let's start with, is Antonio Brown a Hall of Famer? Uh, <clears throat> I think possibly a third ballot. He's not going to be one of these walk-ins, well, obviously. No, no, no. no way. Um, maybe even an old-timer one because of all the rantings. and. Uh, yeah. It's going to be very tough for him, let's put it that way, unless he comes back and has, you know, say three or four really more or really good years and maybe even wins a title, something of that nature. Because he's, he still doesn't have a Super Bowl. I mean, he played for Steelers, but he doesn't have a Super Bowl with them. So, you know, Can we hold that against a wide receiver I like don't. we would a quarterback? I mean, I don't, but it seems like writers seem to hold championships up above other things. Yeah, I think um, for quarterbacks. I don't know Especially about, quarterbacks, yes. I don't yes. know about a wide receiver. But, but he's not been a good teammate. He's been a loose cannon. And that's recently, though. Now, you, you can't forget that. That's how no. his career ended, right? But here's the thing. And I guess I start – let's put all of that stuff in a box. We'll, we'll get to that eventually. For five years, he was the best wide receiver right. in the NFL. And I don't think you can argue that. Five years is enough, right? Being the best for five years, is that long enough? Gail Sayers got in in six. Right. So, you know, yeah. I mean – you, you can't argue that. So so then to that point, I agree with you there, and so we seem to be in agreement. I have been of the mind when we talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame with Pete Rose and the steroids guys when we talked about T.O. You know, before right. all of that. I throw all that stuff away. The, the sports writers won't. So I don't think there's a question he should be in, right? Will he get in, I guess, is the question. And you're right, eventually he will. It, but what it, what's weird to me, I guess it all kind of happened so fast and maybe I'm clouded by the recency of all his nonsense, is when he first retired, it never even dawned on me. Like the first time I saw that question asked online, I said, like, oh, Hall of Famer. And then you start to think about it. Like, holy crap, yes, he yeah. is. And it's not even close, really. No, it, it's not. And – but, you know, getting back to that debate on Twitter about him and Heinz Ward, it goes back to <sighs> stat-wise for those five years, obviously Brown was superior. Right. Career, Heinz is better. You look back at the careers, who was the better teammate? Who was the better player all around? I mean, we, we still see some of these highlights where Heinz Ward's cold-cocking somebody on a block. Right. You know, on a run. You never saw Antonio Brown ever do anything like that. So, I mean, you know, I, I think it's a mix. Should they both go in? Perhaps. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Brown shouldn't or Brown should and the other shouldn't or the other should, whatever. But I, I think it's, it is a, it's a legitimate debate when you're talking about complete. Look at Heath Miller. I mean, name 
a tight end, a more complete tight end in recent memory, quite frankly. Right, yeah. It was kind of a block first tight end who they could get involved in the offense. Yeah, he is he going to be in the, in the Hall of Fame? No, no. No. And, and it, it, to me, it's sad because he was one of the best tight ends that you'll see from the first gun to the end, year after year. Do you think anybody outside so so for context i guess we have a national audience the locally there'd been a debate on when you talk about antonio brown's hall of fame credentials and a lot of folks locally were saying he doesn't go in until heinz ward goes in and, and that's been sort of the debate locally in the pittsburgh area and the one thing that gets brought up and you brought it up is heinz ward's blocking and it's important does anybody outside of Pittsburgh care about how well a wide receiver blocks? I don't know. I if, think they do. I, I think a wide well, fan wise, perhaps not. In today's NFL, I think it's meaningless, right? When everything's happening forty yards downfield as it is. But see, stuff like that is easy to say until you have pick a running back running down the sidelines. And you have a wide receiver just pull up to a jog, and he gets knocked out at the 20, where Heinz Ward cleared away, and he has a touchdown. Well, I guess what I'm wondering then, so when you say that, there's a lot of running backs who have get a lot of assistance from a lot of wide receivers, right? We have to assume that. You would think so, sure. But we don't know that. Was Heinz Ward that great of a blocker, or is he remembered for his blocking because he damn near killed about seven people in his career doing it? <laughs> it kind of became a signature of his. Well, I mean, I think that's what makes players memorable. Yeah. Um, well, certainly. A, yeah, I give you that, but right? does it make him better than a talent like Antonio Brown? Well, I just think the whole way around, if you know, knowing what you know now, Okay, and then you can rewind. Do you take Heinz Ward or do you take Antonio Brown if you're saying, okay, I want this guy from rookie on? So, and I know it at both ends the same way. Mm-hmm. Trying to think back to those teams. I think I still take Antonio Brown because I'm, I'm trying to work back. See, me, I'm, I'm Heinz if Ward all the way. I've got one game to win. One game to win, that's Antonio Brown. It's not even close. A guy who can go out and put up 200 yards and have 11 catches and just completely take over a game. For one season, same thing. I think it's Antonio Brown with a Ben Roethlisberger in his prime, with who was on the other side of Heinz Ward. I can't, I guess, uh, well, it was a rolling. (laughs) They they, never the same. He was the only constant. Maybe if you said, you know, 10-year career, knowing what Heinz Ward did in all those additional years, and in five years Antonio Brown's going to do this nonsense. But if I can pick up Antonio Brown and put him in with Ben Roethlisberger as a rookie and in his second year where they got to an AFC title game, they won the Super Bowl in the second year, they won a Super Bowl two or three years after that, you put Antonio Brown in there, maybe they win more? I I don't know. It sounds crazy to say, but – I. Boy, I, Antonio Brown's way more talented. And I, tend I, I to agree fall on he's, he's physically more gifted, but I disagree mentally. Even, even back then, I don't think he was the teammate. I don't think he was the leader. 
that a Heinz Ward was. And yes, it does matter. I it does care. matter. That team has been leaderless for freaking years. Well, that should be the quarterback. It should be on the – who is it going to be? It should be the quarterback, but a lot of times it's not. Jerome Bettis was a leader. Right. Heinz Ward was a leader. Right. Obviously. And that Ben didn't pick it up. Somebody should. Right, but are you going to Tim take... Tim Brown was a leader of the frickin' Raiders. All right. I mean, you know, you, you can say... Are you going to say you'd rather have Hines Ward than Terrell Owens? Whole career? No, because I don't think... Terrell Owens was... He was like an anomaly, but he was... And he was, he was controversial, but he wasn't a total lunatic. He's a terrible I, teammate, though. Awful. He was a terrible teammate. But he was great. But Antonio he was great Brown. forever. Well, that's that's the difference, right, when you put that right. cap on. I mean, it. you can't go off the edge after five years and, you know, that – I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's kind of like if, you, if you're drafting like at a rookie and, and you know the outcome, so you want those five years instead of those ten or whatever it right. was with Hines Ward. That, I guess, was my question more than – those five years, is he a better receiver? Yeah, I, I agree he was. I still might uh, – we're going to have to let Finkelstein settle this debate. I might take five years of peak Antonio Brown over ten years of peak Hines Ward. What say you? I got to go with Ward. Boo. Never mind. Turn his I, I, I agree 100%. He's wrong, wrong, no, it's, wrong. it's glad to have some sense yeah. back in the studio. I, I disagree. We, we need a new producer. Of course you disagree because you're wrong. No, I'm right. No. Talent wins out. Take the talent. Take the talent. Do we have anything else? God, we still got a half an hour of this. Oh, we have, um, yeah, moving into training camp supposed to be starting, right? It could be as early as, what, thir- tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. Rookies? First of all, we're going to critique a top ten wide receiver list. Not fantasy. Okay. But a wide receiver list talent-wise from a Mr. Chris Sims. He's a, I think he's a NBC or CSBC you know, analyst. Yeah, okay? boy, isn't it? <clears throat> this is his top ten receivers. Uh, let me get my pen out. Number one. Okay. Tyreek Hill. Ooh, all right. Number two. Julio Jones. Number three, Michael Thomas. Okay. Four, Mike Evans. Okay. What is that? Five, DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Six, Odell Beckham. All right. Seven, A.J. Green. Eight, Amari Cooper. Nine, Stefan Diggs, and number ten, Cortland Sutton. Do you see any names missing from this list? That's what I was trying to do that in my head. You got me on the spot here. Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, D Hop, OBJ, Amari Cooper. I'm sure there's one or two big ones I'm missing, but I'm blanking. I mean, just Hit right me off the bat, Chris Godwin. Yeah. Uh, Keenan Allen. Um, I mean, so is the general consensus this is a ridiculous list? Is that I'm not that saying wise? it's ridiculous because obviously these are they're quality wide receivers, but Cortland Sutton over Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen over Adam Thielen over. Yes. Um, who did I just say? Oh, 
Keenan Allen over Chris Godwin. Um, would you put Cortland Sutton over Kenny Galladay? Galladay's one, I think, that should be on this list. That's uh, a good one. There's a lot of hype surrounding Cortland Sutton, and there was a lot going into last year, and, and he flashed a little bit. I don't want to turn this into a fantasy discussion. And but I don't see Allen Robinson on this list, yeah. who I think is – I mean, you know, Cortland Sutton, you, he has the hype, and you say, well, he plays for Denver or whatever. Look at look at A Rob. He's playing for Chicago. Right. I mean, he's like the Brandon Marshall of the of the two thousand twenties. Yeah. I mean, I'm of the mind. I don't quibble much with this. You know, Sutton seems a little silly, but when you're making a top ten list, don't you always throw something Diggs wacky out for the ten? Yeah. Well, is this you know based on team situation, or is this on who they think are the most skilled? Stephon Diggs, I don't think it's absurd. I guess, and actually, I'm playing dumb. I saw all the people losing their s on Twitter when this thing came out. Now, the order I have plenty of quibbles with. You well, know, okay, I mean, Michael get... Thomas is the best wide receiver in the NFL, and I don't even think it's over a Hopkins discussion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, I'm just. Hopkins I mean, obviously, over too. Hill. Yeah. Julio's up there, obviously. Um, A.J. Green, he hasn't played forever. I can't right. – you, you don't throw a guy like A.J. Green at number seven at 32 or 33 years old when he's basically done nothing the last couple of years. When you have Kenny Galladay out there, Allen Robinson out there, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen. I mean, there's a, so much talent out there. Hell, Cooper Cup. He had 94 catches, almost 1,200 yards last year. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't have as huge a problem with this as most everyone did. And look, you're getting played. He, he does this all the time. He throws wacky crap out here like this and watches everybody just go nuts. You know, he should have thrown a Juju Smith-Schuster on there or something, and he would have ended Twitter once and for all. It would have exploded, which it needs to do. Which I guess goes back to kind of segues into – Ooh, team situations. Team, all right. Now, with with training camp coming up, we've got some quarterback battles coming up. Oh. And here are, and I want to get some of your thoughts on them. Number one, Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert. I'll tell you, that's a good Chargers team. I think that's a team. Who drastically underachieved for years well, with Phillip yeah. Rivers, haven't they? I mean, Quite frankly, I mean, you and I both like Phil Rivers. He's a gamer. He's the right. old Brett Favre type of, you know, gunslinger. But I'll tell you what, with the talent they've had, they've done nothing. And defensively, they still have that talent. I think even losing Melvin Gordon, they still have it in the backfield. My general thought, now unfortunately it's Tyrod Taylor, but when I'm going into a season with a team that, up and down the roster should be a championship contender except for the quarterback. And when I factor in now we're having no preseason games, right, that everything's being shortened. If they have much camp at all, they haven't had much, they haven't had any, you know, off-season workout. I'm going to go with the veteran, even though it's Tyrod Taylor. If he flames out, if he craps out, if they're 4-4 four and four halfway through, that's when you go to Herbert. I could get an argument to put Herbert. You got a championship team. That's the rare chance for a you know rookie quarterback to come into a good situation, right. similar to Mahomes did in Kansas City, which helps these guys. But with all the nonsense of this off season, with with the virus and everything, with a cha- with a team defensively that's good enough to win a championship, 
give me the veteran, and if he flames out, because has there ever been anybody more than Tyrod Taylor who just has these great heights, and you think, wow, he's putting it together, and he's just bottoms out. And goes, so I think I start with Taylor, but you could talk me into the rookie. You, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, think a lot of it has to has to go along with camp and, and how they perform in camp and, and preseason. I guess prematurely, I would go along with you. You got to go with a veteran who's been there, right? And, and with the COVID and all this kind of crap going on, you, you start with him and, and see how it rolls. Here's one to me. I don't even think this is a battle immediately, but a lot of people are talking about it. You know, you got your boy Tua against Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, see, this is where I'm going to have kind of the, a different approach than I did on the last one. Miami is young. They're not very good. They're not contending for a championship. If Tua's healthy, I start Tua for two reasons. Number one is just that, right? And maybe he hits. Maybe he pops right away. If he doesn't, Ryan Fitzpatrick is only good coming off the bench, and then he'll be good for six or seven games. If he goes in as the week one starter, he's going to be six interception a game, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So for me, this isn't even close. I'm starting to a week one. That was brilliant football analysis, as you know. See, I, I'm I'm at a different light. I think well, because, it, because it is a young team, and they did overachieve last year winning five games, and everybody was accusing them of tanking. I mean, I, I think a lot of it was just under Ryan Fitzpatrick's leadership. I, I think you start with this guy, and if you have any chemistry, and, and look, I don't think this Eastern Division's settled by any any stretch. You ever notice how much Finkelstein looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick? That just dawned on me. Yeah, but yeah, he does. <laughs> he does, <laughs> doesn't he? But, have you ever seen both of us in the same place at the same time? Fair point. But I've never seen your uh, Harvard sheepskin either. So, why do they call that, it a sheepskin? It's a personal thing. What they used to be made out of. Uh, that's weird. Why but I, I don't know. I th- I think um, I think starting with a veteran is the way to go because if they start to fail, which a lot of people think, okay, they're going to, then you bring in Tua which is the logical move, and that's the hero's move to bring in the new guy. He's going to save the day. If you start off Tua with this young team and they're 0-4, 0-5, and he's getting his brains beat out, number one, I don't think it does him any good. And then what? Okay, yeah, you bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, we win four or five games. So, I don't know. I think you start with a veteran because they seem to be used to him going back to the COVID thing and the limited practices and so forth. I just think it's more beneficial to them to get a decent foothold or head start in the season with Fitzpatrick. You can think that, but, you know, you would be wrong, which happens. As well, we no, heard. I'm not. Because... And then when you're wrong, you say awful things. No. All right, man, this shit's over with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Charles Haley's had enough. All right, let's move on. Okay, now here's one that's more interesting because we've discussed it a little bit. We know that um, – Jarrett Stidham's Bill Belichick's guy. And now all of a sudden you have Superman in camp. And, um, you know, you have Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham. I would start Cam Newton. Bill Belichick's not going to do it. You don't think? I do. No preseason games. No, they're, they're not going to have enough on them. Bill Belichick, he's going to want to humble them a little bit. There seems to be that stigma around Cam Newton deserve it or not. You know, that he's a little, pretty proud of how he turned out. 
awesome hats, granted. Well, he's but, got some damn yeah. good hats. I, I bet I think Belichick bars a few of them, too. I think he starts Stidham week one. I really do. Really? I think I, I would start Cam Newton, but I think – I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm. You know, you still have this veteran. He's an MVP. He's oh, been to look, a Super I get, Bowl. I get it. Um, and that's just the kind of guy Bill Belichick would want to say. I'm so much smarter. I don't need that guy. Give me this. Whatever the uh, Jarrett Stidham is. Do you look like Jarrett Stidham? I don't know what he looks like. No, I think he's clean shaven. Nah, all right. Sad. <laughs> it's. It'll be interesting. Just. I mean. Because really, we have no idea. Is it going to? Is he? Go, you know, is Belichick going to make a statement with Stidham? Could be. Is he going to step back and say, "Okay, if I just bench Newton, is he going to start pouting? I'm going to have to get rid of him." And then if Stidham gets hurt, I got nobody. You know, I, I think there's some real chemistry working here that even Belichick's going to have to play with a little bit. Here's what flies in the face of my argument. Here, here's where it doesn't work. In a normal year, in a normal year, I'd be willing to bet you one United States dollar. That much? That not only would wow. Jarrett Stidham start, he would declare Stidham the starter and cut Cam Newton. I, I really think in a normal one with normal work, if he could get everything he wanted out of Stidham. I think – I, there was no money involved whatsoever, right? They still have Hoyer, if I'm not mistaken. So right. you had a decent backup. I honestly think that's where that thing was going. Now you factor this in, he should be the week one starter, probably will be. I just got this feeling in my protruding gut that something's up there. That Stidham, he was the guy they didn't draft anybody. They didn't go in any, after So you think Cam hard. Newton was brought in under the direction of Mr. Kraft I, I and not Mr. So. Belichick? Yeah, I think. Really? Well, and it's the old Bill Belichick. I can get him for pennies on a dollar. But he has him, so why not use him? I get him in camp. If he's perfect in every way and what I want, then I look like a genius. If I'm liking what I see out of my guy Stidham or there's anything I don't like about this guy, it costs me nothing, I boot him out the door. I, I really think that. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of uh well, you're wrong again. This is a rough show for you. You're having a rough go of it. No, actually I'm not. I'm uh, you know, I'm very logical and you're just, you know, flying on in the face of ignorance. I think it probably has and, something to do with Finkelstein showing up with nineteen oil cans full of 10w40 no, beer and you're half in the bag i think it's just you getting full of yourself with your new position and you think that whatever you says everyone around here agrees well, because sure. they do on your little computer but we don't because we know how stupid you really are well i'm stupid about most things but about patriots quarterback situations i'm a noted expert <laughs> Who has noted you that? Sock Alexis? Yeah, that guy. Whatever. <laughs> Whether it be he a writer, a racist, or a Native American, nobody knows what he was based on your storytelling abilities. Quick question. What do you think the chances old Bill up there uses Cam as trade bait? Like a number one QB goes down, he goes, hey, I got this MVP, Super Bowl quarterback. Oh, oh definitely. And if, just, if it happens in camp. Forget it. He's gone. gone. <laughs> the next morning, he's gone. He'll get a third-round pick for him. After I don't see any quarterbacks dollars. going down in camp, though, quite frankly. Oh, boy, you just jinxed somebody <laughs> bad. I hope you, so. You got Patrick Mahomes ben on your fantasy down. team. <laughs> Hide. Yeah. 
Because those are those bad ones where they're just taking non-contact drills. Le- and Lamar Jackson, yeah, Lamar hamstring Jackson. Yeah, off the bone. Now, here is the one that I think is probably the most important and most intriguing, really. Okay. Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. I'll let you go first. I want to. I think a lot of it depends this. on camp. Um, look, I, I think ultimately – when the season comes to an end, Nick Foles is a starter. Whether or not who starts at the beginning of the year, I don't know if they'll go immediately to Foles. I kind of doubt it. I mean, he was out for the year after, what, two minutes into last year. Right. So, but Trubisky's been struggling, and Nick Foles, other than Philadelphia, has not had success, but I think Chicago – has some weapons. I think they're poised to make a run at this division. I don't think Minnesota's going to be as tough. Green Bay's still iffy. They don't have a ton of weapons for Aaron Rodgers to play with. So, you know, I, I think there's a fine line between Mitch Trubisky being the starter and, hey, we're still in this thing. You're not really performing. We're going to go with Nick Foles. Yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree, right, that both of them are going to start games this season, irregardless of anybody getting injured. I, I think they're they're both going to – it probably has to be – you take on that contract, it almost has to be Nick Foles week one. I'm thinking Tr- that. Unless but... Tr- Trubisky wows in, in whatever camp they get, which, which it's hard, right? They all look good. I'm sure Duck Hodges looks good in shorts, you know, in seven-on-seven drills. So, it's hard to set yourself apart. I I think, you know, Trubisky's fallen out of favor with the organization. Or you don't bring in a Nick Foles with a, you know, with a top-five pick still developing who's shown flashes. It's going to be Foles, but, you know, at some some point midway through game two, he's going to look down and say, oh, crap, I'm not wearing an Eagles uniform and start spiking balls into the ground and tripping over his own feet. And I think the season ends with Trubisky. Maybe Nick Foles gets traded back to Philadelphia and all is right with the world. I don't think it's a good situation either way. For some reason, I find myself rooting for Mitch Trubisky. I think it's just all the beating he takes for not being Patrick Mahomes. And you know how many times have you seen this tweet? They show a picture of... Trubisky throwing an incompletion, and they say, imagine taking this guy over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Well, yeah, yeah. shut up, jackass. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of Hindsight's that. always twenty yeah. twenty, jerk. Yeah, I think there was some question with Deshaun Watson. Nobody had Patrick Mahomes going two overall, and if you're saying you did, you're a damn liar. So... <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, that's, you know what it comes down to with that one, in my opinion? I don't care. Because I don't think either one of them are going to be any good. So I think you're going to see him jockeying back and forth. I think Foles is the guy. I think he steps forward this year. No. He looks like a preacher. I don't care what he looks like. Johnny Unitas had a haircut like you. You've always liked Nick Foles, you've always had a thing for him. Kind of like you and Jordan Matthews. Well, Jordan Matthews was the man. He got it done. Yeah, he played four games a year. They were a good <laughs> they, four games. Yeah, boy, though, I tell buddy. you, they were. No hey, doubt you about it. Play a game? Sure, I would love play to a play a game. game. Do I have any music? I haven't done this in a while. I don't want to play the fact or fiction music. Oh, how about this one?
Today we're going to play just a short version. We've only got about 80s 10 minutes movie? left. It kind of sounds that way, doesn't it? <laughs> we're, it's a real simple name. We're going to call it Would You Rather. All right. I would rather. Would you rather. Yes, I would. So number one, Rick, would you rather see the NHL be able to finish their season or the NFL start their season? Oh, the NFL start the season. I think so, too. I've been screaming forever that they should have just canceled the NHL. Yeah, I think the NBA and NHL should have canceled a month ago. Yeah. Officially and just said, we'll punt and start again in October. On time. On time, Although exactly. Although that may not happen now either. I don't, starting anything in October might not be realistic. Maybe not. However, I would rather see football start. We'll let Finkelstein play. We know what he's going to say. He looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hockey. Oh, really? You want to see it? He just wants to be different. Yeah, uh, there's just something about hockey. Oh, I uh, love the Stanley Cup playoffs, but I don't care if they finish their season. If they're – I mean, they're kind of doing it. Like, if it's just playoffs and the run, like, the, even people that aren't fans of hockey get into the playoffs. Oh, they are the best playoffs in sports. I agree. What's weird about it, it's not even going to feel like the same season, right? When this thing shut down, it went so long ago. This is almost just like an Olympic tournament, which is what's cool about it. But if I could get 16 NFL games, that's I think my I'd point. Trade it if in. I can get the NFL starting now. And we get a full season through the playoffs and everything. I'd much rather have that than just get hockey playoffs. Yeah. All right, Rick. So here's the next one. We're seeing college football, a lot of different plans, right? The ACC and Big Ten are only going to play conference games. Other smaller conferences are pushing their fall sports into spring to include football. Would you rather see, Rick, all of college football delayed to the spring or see everybody plow ahead with the virus where it is in different conference plans and have this big broken up mess but conceivably have college football from Labor Day until, what, Memorial Day perhaps? I would rather just see it in the fall, obviously. Um yeah, some of these other conferences doing it in the spring. At this point, they're all inconsequential. So, I guess, would you rather them see them in the fall? And how with- does this work? I mean, obviously, there's still going to be some players in some of these colleges that are eligible for the NFL draft. That's what's curious yeah. about it. You know, are you going to risk your draft stock to an injury to basically a meaningless game? Even if it's a regular season game, does it really matter to you now? You're going to be out of school in a month. Right. And maybe making millions of dollars. I mean, I think it's ludicrous. It's just the colleges trying to keep their portion of the pie of revenue. And the players, I think, are at risk to losing a lot, you know, that that can proceed with their professional career. And the other ones, too. Let's, Let's face it. Some of these ones that are coming out of school that aren't going to get drafted, they're going to be embarking on careers. It's going to be awful hard to go on a job interview on crutches if you blew a knee or you, right. you, you know, broken bones or whatever the case may be. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't agree with the spring schedule for football at all. And that's kind of where I'm at with it when you start talking about the major conferences and a lot of NFL pros. At first blush, I want to say, 
let's pretend everything's going to be normal in the spring. I don't know if that'll even be the case, but let's pretend that happens, right? Let's hope that happens. Then I'd say, well, let's just move it all because this stinks. All these major programs are losing their first two or three games of the year because it's, it's these smaller conferences that, that are moving back. And there's the no fans and there's the this and only the conference games in the ACC. And it's just a big jumbled mess. Let's just pick it up and move it all to the spring. But then I'm not going to see Trevor Lawrence play. You think Trevor Lawrence is going to play spring football? Right. He's already exactly. the number one overall exactly. pick. Exactly. So, yeah, I guess you just plow through, you know, an all-ACC and all-SEC schedule. Oh, God, watching those games without fans is going to suck. Well, it's going to suck. But then again, you talk about, like, only conference schedule. In a way, that's good. Because sometimes I really get tired of seeing whoever, Ohio State beat up Akron or or whatever. I mean, I don't care if they beat them 75-3. to I mean, they should. So, keep it in conference. That's, That's fine. I have no problem with that. Alejandro, he fell asleep, drunk as a rat. Well, yeah, I mean, look at his shirt. That's what I do. I drink and I think I know things. Pretty close. So I I have a problem with it, with the scheduling. If you're playing in the fall and then some turning around and playing in the spring, like you're just going to have college football. College football forever. Yeah, so – how does that work for draft classes? How does that work for? That's the point. Like, so if one conference doesn't play in the fall and they play in the spring, is that considered the twenty one twenty two season? Is that considered the twenty? Well, that would it's be basically their last year. But well, I don't know if you like your sophomore. I guess it's because it's, gotta, it's just that year. I guess yeah. It can't be based off of your playing. Not It'd be age. the 2021 academic year, and they're just moving it to be a spring sport, which they're probably going to do with basketball, too. It'll be a hell of a lot of spring sports if yeah. this all so happens. I, I guess the the easy way of saying is just push through. Just either cancel it. That's where I'm at. If we can't do it safely, cancel it. Yep. Exactly. Play it in April. We've said that for weeks. I mean, if it's not safe, yeah. why are you then, even then trying? Don't do it, yeah. Exactly. And I don't want the fits and starts. I think you, I guess you could with the NFL, right? The NFL could go on infinitely if it has to. You can play in the winter. You can play in the summer. You can play whenever. They don't care. They, if you got to play for four weeks, shut down for two, play for four, fine with the NFL. You can't do this with college, in college athletes. You just can't do it. All right, last one of these, Rick. I know you had a quick story. I think this one will be easy. I know your answer. Would you rather eat a light bulb or watch people and listen to people debate about players at Madden ratings, as I've had to put up with for the last two weeks. Oh, give me a light bulb. Yeah, I'll eat I mean? three of them. <laughs> yeah. Light bulb. Although yeah. I do have to say the idea of, I guess, Patrick Mahomes is all pissed off because they ranked Josh Allen's arm strength higher than him. And so basically he said he wants to challenge him to a throw-off. Now that I would watch. If we cancel the, the NFL is, season. Why do does it six- matter? So, Why does it matter? You are a superior quarterback. <laughs> I mean, you know, look, you can throw Jeff George against Drew Brees' arm strength, and George will blow him out of the stadium. Right. But but match him up quarterback against quarterback, it's not even close. Yeah. But isn't the one – multiple things with Patrick Mahomes, but one of the big things is he was, like, on his knee in the back of the end zone and threw it 75 yards with a flick of the wrist. Well, he's claiming he could go 85. And he does. He's not sure that Josh Allen could do that. 
I, I can't see well, Josh. Well, Roman Gabriel could, and nobody ever talks about that I mean, ever, so who cares? Do you remember when Mike Vick was throwing balls out of the stadium? Or was it, That was <laughs> Mike Vick. Yeah, but that was for on a screen pass, though. That was the problem. <laughs> no, it was, but um, we, need a, we need a rim shot. <laughs> it was like in the 90s with their footballs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the ones with the tails on yeah. the end of it. And I'm not even sure that was true. I think it was just a commercial. All right, Rick, you've got All right, uh, coming out of Coming from Reuters out of Seoul, South Korea. And this is being hailed as a I'm major nervous. win for democracy in South Korea. Oh, okay. I All like right. democracy. That's a good After thing. 16 years in exile, <laughs> a president go. triumphantly returned to claim his rightful place on the front of a box of cereal. Okay? Wait, hold on. The limited edition of the Chex cereal. Apparently, they sell Chex under they different names in, in Korea. Oh, of course. They still like that. They have wheat Chex, right Chex, corn Chex. They still have them. Corn's the good one, right? Yeah, I like we corn the best myself, that. too. Don't say rice. Don't do the different nope. Okay. Um, the limited edition of Chex cereal sold out within two days when it hit online stores following years of almost ceaseless campaigning by enthusiasts. All right? All right. So this was isn't about the cereal. It's about the donk on the cereal. Enthusiasts. It's about what? So it's the president enthusiast, not cereal enthusiasts. No, it's right? cereal. I was going to say, that's why I was <laughs> emphasizing enthusiasts. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like Czech, but I don't know if I consider myself an enthusiast. I might be a Fruity Pebbles enthusiast. That's a good one. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. But anyway, they had a um, contest over in South Korea. It was um, a TV commercial offered two cartoon candidates as a presidential election for the Czech's Choco Empire. Chocolate-flavored Czechy and green onion-flavored Chaka. All right? So these were going to be the cereal flavors? Yeah. Chocolate the, it was a green PR, It was a PR stunt uh, that they were going to throw out there. Of course... Thinking everyone was going to vote for the Checky, oh, which can't. was the Nowadays, You know where they're going with this. It is. They overwhelmingly chose the green <laughs> onion flavored cereal. Oh God! And after 16 years of ceaseless um, campaigning, I guess for it, they finally released it. And that's what they're saying. It was sold out in two days. I mean, green <laughs> onion freaking cereal? Who was the president in hiding? What did that have to do it with It was a fictitious story? president oh. for the Chaco Empire. Oh, so see? you were reading me the commercial. Yeah. It yeah, was for, they, they thought, you know. They're doing that bit like Lay's does every year where, whether don't they put out a bunch of chips? It'll be like grilled cheese and Fermunda cheese and <laughs> baled hay every year. And they're all, they all suck. Hey, okay, limited good. edition oh, yeah. cereals are usually on sale for about three months in South Korea, but could be extended if the sales are strong. The company has been working on developing the cereal for 15 years, but had struggled to find the right onion flavor. <laughs> when it called for 50 early taste testers, they, they received more than 14,200 applications. They wanted to eat this crap. To taste it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just it's thought that just was it. Green onion it. cereal is a very popular thing in South Korea. Right. I know we have t- 
time shortage. Go get you some. All right. Well, we are out of here. Thanks so much for joining us. We will be back next week. Maybe if we haven't been canceled. We have. We still have microphones. If we, we don't have, care. check it out at Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFantasySports.com. You can get the archives and look back on after we got thrown out of here. And, of course, once we are fired, you can still listen to 12 Ounce Sports, 12 Ounce Sports Network at 12OZ Sports. Until next time, good Lord, we'll see you. <laughs> hey, take care.